Welcome to the podcast. We got fun and games. That's the new intro that I came up with. Do you guys like it? Well, I think I just saw our subscribers uh, immediately drop it. <laughs> and they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome in, folks. It's the SoCo Show, episode 140. This is, of course, Co-Exotic, and I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. Hi. <laughs> and once again back for a record-shattering fourth consecutive appearance. Brandon St. Randy is here. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) It's me. (laughs) At Jared Buckendall. Not only am I shattering records, I'm shattering, I can't say, anuses. Sure you can. I was going to say hymens, but I don't think I should say that. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, that's nasty. That was really good, Jared. You deserve a hymen five. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no sound effect. Definitely going to rip that squish noise that you just made, though, for a future sounder. That's going to be awesome. Wow. That's, uh, well, anything else you want to say about taking the virginity of young women before we go on, Jared? No, I'm good. <laughs> All right, man. Well, welcome, welcome back. How, how have you been? Uh, yet another yet another week into the into the new normal here. How, how are you holding up? Um, uh, uh, the, uh, um, I, I, I guess things are normal. I don't, I, I don't know. Time travels in weird ways because again, I was on the show last week and the week before, and I think the week before, and it feels like it's been like a month or a year. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, we should probably just change the, the name of the podcast, throw your name in there somehow just doesn't work what this soko joe show <laughs> soko joe, joe. Soko. soko joe soko joe i don't know Showbo. we'll work we'll workshop it <laughs> yeah we'll workshop it that's a good idea um well we're glad to have you back uh seth you're you're still you're still out there doing your thing anything changed for you this week uh yeah definitely not at all i uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm living the same life uh, that I've always lived, minus, uh, I don't know what, <laughs> it's still the same life. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. Where, where are we? What day is it? Is it Tuesday? <laughs> well, I, I will say this. Um, I feel very, very lucky um, because not a lot of podcast hosts get to be on a show with two people who are so exciting and vibrant and <laughs> <laughs> So you're making my job easy on me, and uh, I'll, I'll say this: the uh, the last week for me was uh, was a good one. I have an update for you all uh, on my quarantine mustache. Oh. Break yourself, fool! And that's when you break. Tight. One hundred percent of the comments that we got on last week's show were asking about my facial hair, so I figured I'd better respond. Um, so basically what has happened now, so we talked about this in the past. I fully have like a mustache and then some hair on my chin and then that like little soul patch area, but none of it's connected. So it's three separate things. Um, and then for a while I was growing really long, like wispy, crappy, uh, 
uh, hair on my cheeks, like where a beard would go if I was a man. And uh, it just was not looking like it was going to turn into anything. So I went ahead and cut that. So I now like officially am wearing, I think it would be described as a goatee. Um, so I've got the mustache, the little soul patchy part, and then the chin, and then the sides are cleanly shaven. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I don't hate the look. I actually feel kind of comfortable. I've settled into it. Uh, and now I feel like I'm going to look weird when I shave again. I don't want to look like I'm 12, which was already the case, but it's going to seem worse now. You know what I mean? Well, right now you look like you're 12, but someone just forgot to wipe your face off after you had some pudding. So <laughs> the, um, uh, I'm, I'm the 12 year old Cody, but from the darkest timeline, <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm wearing the worst stage mustache of all time. It's not, it's, I wouldn't say it's the worst mustache of all time. It's, I think it's respectable, but it's not like, you know, impressive. I guess that's how I would put it. Um, now on a, on a, on a serious note, are you going to keep it then after all of this uh, clears up? I, I don't know. Uh, time will tell. So what's going to ha- basically what I'm going to determine is at some point they'll tell me that at my work, I can go back to meeting face to face with clients. And that's going to be when I have to decide. And that's going to be a long time from now. So I have a long time to kind of choose. But it's it's uh, I, I you know, in regards to my mustache, like it's growing on me. Wait, do you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just like your facial hair, I really hate you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Um, I don't know though. By so, the time it happens, I, I may I may decide that I like it enough to keep it on. So, would you say that the the hair you have on your face is uh, coty? Then you're goddamn right. I would, Seth. I'm I'm really glad that you said that. Uh, so yes, the coty is in full. Oh. <laughs> Now I have to keep it. <laughs> oh, man. So that's the update. That's the update on the facial hair. And a couple of people have seen me in it and not, like, reacted in disgust. Like, a couple of people have seen it and been like, yeah, okay. And then we <laughs> went on. And it wasn't a big deal, which has been really, really enjoyable for me. Because um, nothing makes you feel less like a man than someone going, oh, my God, you can grow a mustache? It's very off-putting. I'm 28. <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> Big, strong man. A manly man, a man. Oh, my gosh. I am the queen. As a man. Have you anyway. have you found that any uh, food items or drinks have, have uh, uh, fallen into your mustache? No. Um, now, my mustache isn't, isn't super, like, girthy like it doesn't <laughs> it, it's not really three-dimensional like it doesn't stick off the front of my face so much ah. so i i really doesn't uh and it doesn't curl into my lip or anything like that it's it's it stays pretty pretty up north and to itself um, okay and i don't eat like a fucking monster so i i don't i don't get any food into my is that something you deal with like can you not eat soup <laughs> <laughs> i will say that it's more in the you know the the chin below like Uh, below that like the the mustache the only thing i have to deal with with the mustache is uh you know the the nose when you have to blow the nose um but also like the like if you don't trim it or for me if i don't trim it it gets down to my lip like there's hair that'll hang down it so then i'll mess with them all day and i don't like it 
Um, mm-hmm. So I have to make sure it, I trim it, you know, once at least usually once a day, so I don't have uh, rogue hairs, a Star Wars story. But uh, <laughs> um, no, it's it's mostly like yeah. It, I mean, soup can be difficult if if uh, you know it drops down. Um, certain like uh, I'm trying to think like certain things like syrups or that type of thing. Milk sometimes milk. I'm having cereal. If it gets in that like little, um, I guess soul patch, like you would say, or sometimes the chin, it'll, it'll like crust it up down there. The flavor um, saver. But every time I exactly when I wake up Ooh. in the morning after you know a good night of cereal, I uh, I can just put my tongue down there and have a little snack. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. That is horrifying. I don't want to think about that at all. That sounds so gross to me. I might go shave right now. You should. If there if there's anything that could encourage you to to shave, I'm gonna do it. So <laughs> you don't you don't you don't think I can pull it off, or you don't think you don't think you're gonna like me when I'm uber confident because I look so hot. <laughs> I mean, just listen to what you just said there. I, I don't think I'm really worried either way. I just think I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> well, that's very nice. Um, JB, you you're keeping it you're keeping it tight because you're on camera all the time, right? You you keeping it shaved? You're not growing anything too crazy right now? <laughs> no, no. Um, I know that some days I'll get like lazy and I'll be like, oh yeah, I kind of had some facial hair actually. Um, but I did like after you told me you were growing this mustache, I was like, I wonder if I can grow a mustache. And no, it it looks <laughs> awful. And I only grow a hair, like, I I get the goatee area, it doesn't connect to the stash, and then I can grow the stash. Anything else is non-existent. Mm-hmm. That's all, yeah, we're pretty much in that same boat. Um, I don't know, man. It's, I, I feel, uh, I feel more powerful with a hair. I feel face. alive. I feel alive. I feel, I feel alive. I feel like I want to run. I can fuck. feel the wind <laughs> on my upper lip. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, uh, that's actually a really good segue because we need to kick it now to the thoughts of a man who is very powerful and very much has a mustache. Let's hear from the Sheik. I call you a punk. Pretty sure this this tweet was directed uh, at me, so I'm pretty sure the Iron Sheik was was trying to reach out to me and uh, just just. Tell me how much he really cares, and and the reason for that is he just tweeted, "Ice cream, Bubba," and so I'm pretty sure that I'm his ice cream, Bubba. <laughs> is there is there a comma? Is he saying like ice cream, Bubba? Like nope. he's referring to you as Bubba and demanding that you get yourself some ice cream because you had a long hard day. How many times in all in the history of the Iron Sheik tweets have you ever seen the Iron Sheik use any sort of punctuation? You're right. Zero times. <laughs> unless the unless the at symbol counts and it doesn't. Uh, no, no punctuation at all. I don't think his phone even has the capability of doing it. I think so. the I think the only time he'll ever use punctuation is if he's telling the world how much he truly loves Rob Thomas. <laughs> and it'll be an exclamation point. I'm <laughs> I, I'm kind of curious. What kind of ice cream do you think this uh, Iron Sheik is going for? Ooh, great question. Um. I bet he's a fruit, like fruit guy. So, um, so like strawberry, banana, banana split type, something like that. Maybe a nice black cherry. Yeah. Hmm. For some reason, when he first said that, I was like, maybe a sherbet. 
You think he's a sherbet guy? I, I don't think he's a sherbet guy. The iron um, sherbet? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> that would be his Ben I and Jerry's really flavor. Not. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a sherbet man. I think, he, I think he's got to have the cream. I am the cream. Oh, yeah, the macho man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ice cream, Bubba. More wise words from the Iron Sheik. I call you a punk. All right, folks, don't forget to check out the sponsors. Uh, links to all these folks in the description box. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. You can go out there and get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. <laughs> Mathis Designs, find Steph, find Steph on etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Pain. And, of course, Mike's Wood. Head on over to etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. There you go. Uh, Mike actually just recently moved into a new house and and thus a new shop. Uh, So he's ready to work more wood than ever. Uh, So make sure you you go check those folks out uh, and get some great shit from our homie Mike. Uh, Also, one more ad. Let's kick it over to our previously recorded selves to hear about Anchor. There we go. Um, Anyways... Those are the sponsors. Make sure you check them out. And we're going to jump in to, I don't know what we're calling this. We're just topic shuffling, whatever it is that we're doing now. And I don't have a sounder for it either. <laughs> really professional operation you're running here, Cody. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, anyway, Seth, what's on your mind this week? Um, I don't have, <laughs> don't have a whole lot on my mind because I'm brainless right now. But I did find, so you remember how I used to do uh the that twitter account that uh used to like put episodes of tv shows through a computer and like the bots would create scripts <laughs> yeah um we got one for uh tiger king that that guy did one for tiger king and so i figured that you know maybe we could we could read that out maybe we could do a little performance Ooh. Of the Tiger Tiger King script uh, created by bots. They watched a thousand hours of Tiger King, even though there's not that many. Um, but they must just watch it over and over again, and uh, they created a script. So, uh, you guys want to do a little, little uh, telepl or a radio play? Hell yeah, man! Radio oh, played up. It. All right, you let got me... a script you can send to us? Yeah, I'll, I have some screenshots here. Um, okay, make sure I. I'm gonna the, need. I'm gonna need probably my... about four. Penis. Probably about that four to yeah, send those skin shots. Ooh, yeah. Oh wow, that's well. This script is shorter than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Sorry, that was that was uh, zoomed in. Let me zoom it out for you. <laughs> okay, I have the lines. I'm going to need about four to six weeks to learn these. And then, <laughs> uh, well, we could start shooting at the end of May. Uh, sorry, the the quarantine lasts until at least July. So, is there going to be any rewrites? <laughs> yeah the one after carol baskin is uh found to murder her husband <gasps> spoiler oh sorry whoa um okay so i'll do the um the narrator and do the 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 settings and things like that um who wants to be so we have we have a few more roles we have tiger king of course we have employee we have jeff Lowe, doc antle and Carol Baskin. Hmm. Who, who wants to be Tiger King? 
Um, I just read the first line, and I want so badly to be Tiger King. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you going to do any impressions? You want to do an impression? Uh-huh. Do an impression of Tiger King? I don't know what the guy sounds like. Do you want to? No, you can do can your I own s- voice if you want your own impression. A different, you know, if you if you have any impressions you'd like to do, to spice oh, it up. Give me give me four to six weeks to think about what uh, what I think his voice would be like, and then we can no, shoot. Are you going to go method? Just do any impression that you'd like. Oh, okay. Let me think about it while we cast the rest of the people. Okay. So we have employee Jeff Lowe, <laughs> Do- Doc Antle. I-, I want Doc Antle for sure. Okay. Um, let's see. I'll do Jeff Lowe. There's only I'll do Jeff Lowe and Carol Baskin. I'll do uh, Doc Antle and employee. Okay. So I'm just Big Daddy then. You're Tiger King. You got a lot of lines. So. You're the Tiger King. I'm the Tiger King. <laughs> you think that's a good... <laughs> Hello, I'm the Tiger King. Is he is he Australian or is he from America? He's uh, from Oklahoma. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, I'm the Tiger King, and uh, it's not my now, little little bit higher voice. I, I know that's hard for you because you're already as high as you're you're definitely at eleven on the high pitch voice. But try twelve. Well, well, I'm the Tiger higher King, pitch. and higher uh, pitch. well, I'm the Tiger King, and uh, <laughs> do that. That one, that one right there, that the yeah. one you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm gonna go with then. Okay. All right, we ready? Yes, I'm ready. You got it. You got you got some impressions ready, Jared. Uh, yeah, they're in my mind. Let's see if they uh, they come out the way I'm thinking. Okay. Here we go. This is the first podcast reading of the Tiger King bot script. So we'll start. One second. Hello, sir. <laughs> All right. Is that Exterior Michael Caine? Michael Caine here. Exterior cat prison in Oklahoma. We see Tiger King sitting on the throne of tigers. He is not a tiger. He is a mullet with a human desires. I am Joe Exhausted. <laughs> I am gay for guns and cats and even man, I love hating Carol Baskin Robbins. <laughs> he puts poison meats, or sorry, poison snakes in an envelope and mails this to Bitch, Florida, <laughs> where the land, the land where enemy Carol refuses to die. She's per evil. I am nice. I treat my tigers <laughs> as good as employees. An employee smiles. The few teeth are missing an arm. I rescued a Walmart garbage <laughs> meat. My legs have never been more metal. <laughs> An employee goes back to the jo- back to job of using meth. A hummer explodes. It shoots out Jeff Lowe and Doc Antle, the Tiger Princess. I own this zoo. Bought it at the gift shop. A cat has a nine lives. I have nine wives. I implant breastuses on tigers. <laughs> Jeff hires Doc Sexy Tiger to nanny for his baby. They creep away to do old man things. Fine. I'm the libertarian candidate for governor. My tigers will vote. His tigers vote, but not for him. He, he loses, <laughs> so his husband must die. But he captures a new husband one day later. <laughs> you 
you gotta put music behind this. And so, I'll give his direction. Singing like a country. I marry man when they are cubs. People pay to bet young things. <laughs> what the fuck? Because her husband has died, Carol Baskin Robbins appears. She rides bikes and Facebook pays her $23,000 for doing this. Da, hello, cool cats and kittens. It's kitchens. Kitchens. <laughs> tiger King aims a loaded tiger at Carol Baskin Robbins, but Tiger flips around and arrests him. Tiger was the FBI. Whoa! And, and Spoiler. Scene. Oh my god. That was fucking awesome. The time was the FBI. <laughs> I was in the fucking thing and I didn't see that coming. Oh, that was amazing. Well, um, everyone take a bow. I bowed. I bowed. So we did it. Uh good night everyone. Good job, everyone. Good night. Hit the sounder. <sighs> I thought that was a good... We haven't done one of those in a while, so I figured it was a good time to break one of those out. I, you know, we had more voice talent here, so I figured uh, figured we, we better get on, put on a good performance. So I didn't realize my character was, was missing teeth until <laughs> you said it, so I said to switch on the fly. <laughs> hey, that's good improv acting, Jared. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Someone hire me. Right. In, the doc, in the documentary they do about this, this podcast, I'm going to say, wow, Jared was uh, really incredible on set. He he thought on his feet and got put in some tough situations, but he, he you know, improv like, the best line of the whole thing, and it was really amazing. Um, and then they're cut away from me to something else. I basically have half the thing written. Sounds exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, transitions are hard. Um, do you guys like ASMR? <laughs> yes. Do you, I actually, have you, have you guys done it before, ASMR? Uh, I usually stick to the front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy. Um, same. So no. no. I have. You have? No, I have. You have? Yeah, it's, it's, well, I've heard it. Does that, does that count as doing? Is is, that so is asking? it something that you've ever tried before? So it, for, for anyone, I, I actually, Wait, I probably like don't. Wait, like listening have... to it or actually like yeah. performing it? No, not performing it. Oh, I was going to say, I wrote a sketch about performing it. Yeah. Um. No, for those who don't know what it is, ASMR is like that thing. Um, there's it's, it's an acronym, <laughs> but it's, it's a weird it's thing, thing where people get turned on by words <laughs> and uh, and like brushes and stuff like that. But you know what? Okay, so I I enjoy it. I'll do it from time to time. I'll pop it in, uh, pop it in my earphones, and sometimes I'll leave at work if I want to relax or calm down or whatever. I'll I'll throw one of those on. Um, for me, it works, but I'm because I know it's like. It's one of those things where it doesn't work for everyone. So I, I don't know. It just popped in my head. I was listening to a podcast where they talking about it. And I was like, I wonder if those guys have ever done it or do it or um, it works for them. So I don't know. Okay. So first of all, it's not meant to turn you on. I know. Um, Some of it is. It, it can be very sexy, but it's like... Um, so a- ASMR is the is the name. It's like auto sensory yeah, motor response, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's the reaction that your body has to hearing the noises. So mm-hmm. it's that like, isn't it? Doesn't it feel like a tightening and and like tingling on the back of your neck, up your spine no. to your head? No, it's it can be like ears. It can um, because like certain people, because they they've done studies on this and stuff. It like it it 
there's certain personality styles that it works for and does different things for and that type of thing. For me, it like relaxes me and will sometimes like, um, it, it's more of the tapping I, for, and I've, and I've, I've actually realized this, like I had this even back in like school when someone would like tap like a chair or something or a table, um, it would like relax me. Um, so for it's, it's, it's really more of just a calming and sometimes you'll get like the shivers on your spine, like neck or goosebumps or that type of thing. But, um, it has different reactions to, to people. Yeah. Again, uh, it doesn't sound like I've dabbled in it as much as you have, but it's definitely like for myself, it's definitely like that tingly feeling kind Mm -hmm. of on the back of my neck, all over my body. But then thinking back now that you mentioned it, like in grade school, I remember when we would have like a student teacher or someone come in for like a day and they had a very calming voice. I had mm-hmm. that same response as what ASR, ASMR does. So like even back then, I, I think I was having that effect on me with certain people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Voices will do yeah. it. Um, and there's like stuff too, like the, that um, they'll talk about like how even just watching someone do a mundane task, like clean a plate or if it like makes a noise or whatever, or, um, uh, I don't know, like sand something or whatever. Um, just watching them do the task can also have that same effect. Um, so it's just like weird, weird sensory things that relax people or give the tingles or whatever like that. Like sometimes I'll like, if, um, I might even hear like someone like maybe, outside doing something if the window's open like sanding or hammering or something and i'll just sit there and get relaxed because of it it's 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 a strange strange thing but over the last like probably six months to a year i've realized and kind of tried the different i don't like the chewing if i hear someone chew i i go ballistic like it infuriates me if i if i hear someone chew um in real life like next to me or whatever i get like if i if it's loud or i can i just get i get angry um, so the chewing I can't do because there's a lot of chewing videos. Even the talking Ugh. I don't like. The where people talk and whisper in those videos, I always do like the when I try them out, I do the no talking videos. But like the there's like different surfaces they do like wood tapping and wood scraping and um, me- different metal tapping or different brushes. Like it goes deep. There's some of these videos have like three four million views, and then some people mm-hmm. have like channels where it's just twenty four seven looping of these videos and mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I've definitely, I, I enjoy it. I think it relaxes me. I don't do it all the time, but like I've definitely tried playing around with it and see how it can like affect different ways and, and that type of thing. It's cool. It's almost like a meditative thing too, if it's like a noise that repeats or something. But mm-hmm. what I'm wondering is, um, could this be incorporated into the scores of, of movies uh, and, and to the sound? I It seems, obviously we know how music can affect but uh, but really good, uh, f- like foley work um, with the sound and just the actual interactions with with the the shit in the world. Um, what do you think if they if they were able to get a speaker system in there that made it made those noises come across more clearly that that would be something that would be cool to see used um, creatively in a movie? Um, for me, I don't know because part of with doing the the ASMR ASMR for me is like. Again, A, it's like if I see it in real life, it's like a real life thing and it can, you know, get that sensation. Um, it works. But for me, the only other way it works is if I'm wearing headphones. Yep. So it has to be like in my in my ears. If it's just like a speaker and I know it's a speaker, then it doesn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. I have to like it has to be in my ears or like a real life thing in order for it to work. 
that's sort of what I was going to say is I, I think it like the whole headphones and even if you have like way like top of the line headphones, I'm sure that it feels or hear like it sounds even better to you from listening. But I would be curious if they could somehow crack it because I mean the the sound in the newer sound speakers and everything that they put into these newer theaters, they can do some crazy stuff with it. So I think it'd be really interesting if they could somehow crack it for like a scene in a horror film because it mm. would make you just feel uneasy and almost calming, but it's in a sense that you shouldn't be calm. Yeah. Like I think about like uh, a character who's in a haunted house or like a sewer or something and there's a dripping water yep. somewhere like that would really ramp up some tension if you had really good if you had done a really good job of capturing the actual sound of that happening. Um, that'd be interesting. I don't know. It'd be really hard to do. And I, I don't know how much, how worth it it would be to put all the extra energy into it, but I think it'd be interesting to see in practice. <clears throat> well, and what was kind of cool that I discovered that I, this kind of worked for me is I was watching porn one night. <laughs> and <laughs> the schlick schlick noise. Yeah. No, I was listening to an audio, uh, the fiction podcast, and they were doing sound effects of, like, people walking, and, and uh, it was, like, really clear and in my ears. Like, it was really good sound quality, and I started getting that relaxed feeling at certain points, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then I, you know, realized, like, that's kind of like ASMR, because ASMR has always had, like, that uh, stigma to it. Like, it is, like, a weird, pervy thing. Um, and, and I do think some of the, the whist, like, when people whisper and be like, hey, do you like that? Like, <laughs> the, yeah. like that's weird. Um, but, but, Touch but me. the, uh, Please me. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the, like the, some of the other stuff I, you know, I guess I probably shouldn't judge the whispering cause it affects people like how the tapping affects my senses, but yeah, I don't man, know. Don't, don't yuck someone's yum. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that, but that's awesome. Don't yuck someone's yum. Um, oh, man, I used to have that actually, um, this is this is true. I'm not making this up. So I I don't do this anymore. But I used to edit the podcast, um, listening Naked. to it at like two at like two times speed is how I would edit. And our voices obviously sound different um, in that. But something about the the pitch of our voices when sped up to that level would give me like the tingles. It was it was interesting. Um, I I I I it wasn't because of that that I quit doing it. Um, but I haven't you thought about that in a while. You have to change my pants. I went through a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, there's a reason my my um, my name as a podcast editor is, is the Cream Man. I am the Cream. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm leaving. Welcome to the Soaked Co Show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. The Soaked Co Show. Ugh. I like it. It's not a good one. I don't like it. But, uh, oh, go, go ahead. I was going to change subjects, so. Oh, I was just going to say, Seth, yeah, like you're, like you're saying, there's definitely a stigma about it being pervy or very much, like, turning people on. And I think there is, I, I think that, like, the AS, with any community, there's sub-communities in that. So I think that there is definitely a crowd, an audience for that pervy um, type ASMR. <laughs> there's people that love the tapping. There's people that love the whisper. Um, yeah, I think that there's definitely uh, something for everyone in there. So, I mean, people listening, if you want to go try that out and get the tingles, go for it. 
Should we do a Suco Samar? Ooh, sub show? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You said it, man. Don't yuck someone's yum. Um, I... Sorry, I've had like three thoughts at the same time, and none of them are coming to my mouth. Um, oh, here's something. Gross. I wanted to ask you guys about this because I saw it shortly before we, uh, before we were recording tonight. So uh, IGN is reporting today um, that apparently, as of closing time today, Netflix hey. is worth more money than Disney. And I don't think that's really meaningful for because I don't think those companies are worth that much actually but that's besides the point and has to do with something completely unrelated to the show but um, finance i think it's an i think it's an interesting signal that netflix's market cap can't even be in the same ballpark as disney's much less higher at this point um so about the money that's whatever but in an era where we can't go to the movie theater right now everyone's staying at home and streaming things um, is this does this signal anything to you other than just everyone's bored and watching Netflix right now? Hmm. Um, two things jumped to my mind when I read this because I again saw this about thirty minutes before recording. One, I'm kicking myself for selling my stock before then, and two, hmm. how di- think about what Disney owns? Disney owns all of this stuff that is brand name recognition. You can see a character and you know that. How is Netflix? And again, there's a lot of streaming, all this other stuff, and this might border on a finance talk, a finance podcast. But how is a streaming platform that throws out movies that are just, you know, there's a lot, there's some good quality on there, but there's a lot of meaning, meaningless stuff that just you turn it on and it's background noise. How is that valued more than Disney? Well, it's because the stock market is very reactionary, and right now, mm-hmm. right now, the reaction is that we're never going to get to go to the movies again, and, <laughs> and we're going to be stuck inside all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I think personally, I mean, in in two years from now, I think, um, and especially as like streaming becomes more, because we're still going to get, you know, there's still two or three more streaming services yet to come out. So I still mm-hmm. think we're on that path of like we're going to see a peak, and this might be the peak right now, stream like of of um, sort of like the dot com and the housing and all that crap. Right. It's the peak of streaming, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that um, Netflix right now is the highest it's ever going to be. And uh, in, in the coming years, I think we're going to start seeing and especially not even coming years. I mean, even just a, hopefully in a few months, when we can go back outside again. You know, Netflix's shares will drop. There'll be less usage on the platform as soon as they release streaming numbers and all that stuff. Maybe it's not even maybe it'll be like two quarters from now when we they start to see the effects of the numbers dropping. Um, but once those numbers come down and, and theaters open back up and movies start playing again, especially all these, cause Disney has like 42 movies ready to come out in the next two years now. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think that that's all going to kind of level itself out, but even so, I think even past that point, um, Peacock streaming service is still coming out. The Warner brothers, um, HBO streaming service is still coming out. Um, so we, I think that we're going to start seeing, you know, some of those, those uh basically just some of those numbers kind of widen out with different services Mm -hmm. i guess uh, this this is my where you were going cody with this question do you think that that means that since netflix is essentially you know just kicking ass right now do you think that that for a studio or whatnot like more viable for someone to put their movie on that platform 
I think it could be. I mean, you, you wonder like, okay, how can Netflix be worth more, right? And I think expenses have a lot to do with it because they have none, right? They, they just, they need servers and people to run them and that's not that hard. So, um, well, their expenses well, they're are investing also in content. investing, they're investing money in, in, a movie. in content. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but they, it's like, not like, yeah, they, like Cody, you're getting at, they don't have like a janitor. I mean, at, at their storage, wherever they're keeping the servers. Yes. But continue. Yeah. So you think about all of the, all of the things Disney has to do that, Netflix doesn't, right? All the people at ABC and ESPN and the parks, for one thing, um, that Netflix doesn't have. And Netflix can still come out with more shit faster because of the way they do it. Um, I understand how it could work right now uh, and why people think that it's worth more. Um, I, I, I tend to... Oh, the other thing too is Netflix was the first one to do the streaming thing and they did a good job. So they're the only name in it. They don't really have competition, right? Like Disney puts a movie out and most weeks, this isn't the case, but some weeks, uh, Universal will also put a movie out, right? And they have competition to deal with. And Netflix doesn't really have that. Like we can talk about Hulu and HBO and all the others, but Netflix really doesn't have competition the way that, not meaningfully. Um, so they've got a captive audience. They have a huge like base um, so if, if I want to put my movie out and have the most people see it, especially in the short term after all the COVID thing, uh, you know, kind of rolls through and people are maybe nervous to go to the theater. Uh, if I'm, if I have a movie right now, I'm trying to sell, I think Netflix might be the first place that I would prefer to have it go. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I agree on that point right now. I mean, the studios are selling their movies to Netflix. So like it, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely the place to be right now because of the current situation. What I'm saying is more if we're looking in the future. And right. with I think that Netflix will never and to your point, they're they're the name. They're the name of streaming. When you when you say you want to watch a, you know something on on the internet, you watch it on Netflix. If you want to watch a movie or a TV show, it's on Netflix. But I think in the future what we'll start seeing is people. There will be some people when they want certain things will start shifting away from Netflix. So people are going to the HBO streaming service to watch Friends because there's a, a good chunk of people on Netflix who had it for Friends. Which stupid as that sounds. <laughs> and so the, if if it costs twelve dollars to have the HBO streaming service or twelve dollars to watch Netflix, they're probably going to go to the HBO to watch Friends. I think that we're just going to start to see small groups of people move away from H or Netflix. So, you know, a, a, you know, 6% goes away to HBO, uh, 12% goes away to the Peacock thing, you know, different things like that, where it's just like small chunks of people. Mm-hmm. And eventually that, that streaming, the, the, it's from one like giant river, it goes into a bunch of smaller channels, you know? Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with the fact that they're the first one they've been around for so long. Um, and you're always like, Hey, when you're talking to someone, turn on Netflix. You know, people, they obviously dabble in other things, Disney+, Plus, Hulu. I'm sure a bunch mm-hmm. of people are going to get that new uh, Warner Brothers one and mm-hmm. maybe potentially Peacock. But I would love to see the numbers of the people that do jump back and forth because I know some people are like, okay, I just have this thing. It's auto, takes it out of my bank account. I'm not going to deal with the switching constantly. But I'm curious if there is that group of people that does jump, oh, hey, uh, the new season of whatever is coming out, I'm going to get that for a month, and then jump over to another one and another one. Um, again, I, I'm curious what the next 10 years look like. Yeah, that, that's an interesting... I 
I had never thought of that, jumping them around. I, I keep all mine going at once. But you're right. There are times. And I know, Seth, that you've done this. You've gotten, like, showtime for a month to mm-hmm. watch um, Homeland or something. Yep. Um, yeah. That's... I bet you that I bet you it's a lot. I bet you it's a lot more than than I would guess before you had just said that. But that seems like a reasonable thing for people to do. That makes a lot of sense. And I so I think too because I just looked up real quick. Netflix's current well, I guess debt as of actually it was last year. They have like it looks like it says twelve point four three billion in debt right now. And so like that it's not an issue right now, but it could be in the future if it does start to diversify. Um, and, and go to other streaming services. But they need to spend that right now. To, to The reason they're the name that they are is because they've spent that much money to get properties. They've built that over time um, mm-hmm. with the money they've spent. But um, they they need to kind of chip away at that, too, if they want to be around you know, for a long time as the, the top name. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. within the last three, mm, I would say three years, they've very much been focusing on original content because mm-hmm. I know it had come out, and again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just to lease like an MCU movie or these other shows from, you know, other pla- or companies or studios, essentially, it was it was costing them a ton. But again, like shows like you're saying um, Friends or The Office or even now Community, those draw people in. Just for mm-hmm. that one specific show. Yep. It's crazy. This is interest this is interesting, Seth. You're talking about that debt. Um there are hundred and sixty seven million Instagram accounts. And so if if all that is let's assume on average everyone's paying ten bucks a month. That's one point six seven billion dollars they get each month. So <laughs> I think like when you think about the scale, like that is a shitload of debt that they have, like you said. Mm-hmm. But um, but they get, they, they cash flow so hard and that's a lot of, and this gets into tech and finance, but like a lot of these new companies, Uber is really similar. They're not really worth anything in assets. It's just that they cash flow so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it will be interesting to see if Netflix ever does hit some sort of wall or bubble, um, later on. But, um, yeah, it's just what what has been really bad for the theater industry and the studios in general has been really good for things like Netflix, um, increasing their subscribers while folks aren't at the theater. So, again, I, I I don't I don't think this means a whole lot outside of just it being interesting. But I always I always like checking back in on on the state of streaming and what we think of it. And it still seems you know even given as many as there are now, uh, like Netflix is still king and they're going to be that for a while. Mm-hmm. I think there also is quite a few people that, again, you know, maybe money is tight or they just don't want to leave the house. I think a lot of people, whatever the new movie is, whatever is on the homepage of Netflix, people are watching. And mm-hmm. another thing is the last few years, they've gotten um, awards notice for several of their films. So it's, it's definitely giving them a more prestige name when it comes to award season for those Oscar bait type movies as well. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, and they I mean they're getting all these different um you know b- bigger movies not too like buying up movies like Lovebirds and and stuff like that. So uh so they're getting some bigger stuff in there, a lot of bigger name actors. So yeah, I I mean it's it's great cuz it's a lot of content for us, of course, but um it's mm-hmm. uh it's very you just think about now compared to like when we were kids and how like we can just hit just tap a weird screen that we have that does stuff for us that's our phone and we can play 
all these crazy different movies and stuff. And when we were kids, we had to go to the movie store if we wanted to watch something other than what was on TV playing for us. We never got to really choose <laughs> fully. I think that, that having that much choice at that young of age would screw me up. <laughs> also, I'd be going through Netflix trying to find any movie with titties. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's probably a bunch of Google searches run or like web pages run by 10 year olds that are like, these are the movies to look at boobs and they're safe to have on your history. <laughs> 100% because like a, a, a good example is like there was some channel that would run movies every now and then and mall rats. Every time mall rats was on, yeah. I'd tune in because there was boobs in it. There is Shannon Doherty, I believe. The more you know. It's probably a bunch of. Probably a bunch of pissed off kids who have Disney Plus and watched Splash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> looking to see some butt cheeks, but saw a furry instead. Furry butt. There's a bunch of furries yeah. that are very uh, excited for this. Yeah, they really are. Uh, the furry the furry butt lady from Splash, if you don't know what I'm referring to, we talked about this uh, last night. Jared uh, covered it on J Buck Live, uh, which is every Tuesday. Uh, we usually do this at the end, but do you want to talk about the show, get the folks over there? Yeah, yeah. Every Tuesday night is a live hour. Sometimes we go a little over, a little less, but it's movie news, shenanigans, essentially commercial breaks, which are sketches and everything that I film. Um, it's just kind of a group of people come over, talk about what's been going on. And again, movie news has been very slow, so it's kind of been... Uh, what kind of creativity can I throw into the show? But yeah, we talked about this furry butt thing last night. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, you can catch uh, your your friendly neighborhood moderators in the chat. Yeah, the SoCo show. Yeah, the SoCo <laughs> fellas are mods over on the channel. Oh yeah. I'll so fuck don't... someone up if they think they're gonna dick around in your comments. I swear to God, I'll kill them. <laughs> I'm gonna time that some beach out. <laughs> 300 seconds make it 600 yeah you want to see 900 chump <laughs> you keep pushing <laughs> hey cody oh, does lay God. down the law in the chat there so i i hey i got no problem typing mean shit to a motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> oh i think we've already made one enemy in jared's chat we'll just leave it at that yeah that's fair yeah so if you almost want like another weird extension of this show jump over there because it's us three again just kind of going back and forth <laughs> yeah oh man no it's Speaking fun and, enemies, then, we... uh, and then trivia too trivia nights are always a good time so yeah those get oh, off yeah. the rails very quick it's been big fun um seth you mentioned our our enemy uh in the chat room and in case in case that person's listening i want to send him a message uh, hey, fuck you, mom. Leave me alone. I'm trying to talk with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Raid That Pun. What do you call a man with no arms and no legs stuffed in your mailbox? Bill. <laughs> Thirty-four double D. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, we do have some things to review, so let's start here. We're gonna jump into the TV corner. Television. Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. 
Well, would you look at this? We've got three guys and three shows. We each get to review a show. TV threesome. So, Stay out of my so corner. So much fun. Hey, it's the TVTP this week oh. um, because we're culturally insensitive and there are what? no corners in a TVTP. Because it's round. Exactly. Down it's on the TP. <laughs> Out in straight. Anyway, I'll go first. Um, I <laughs> watched on Netflix, the previously mentioned uh, streaming giant, I watched the Eliza Schlesinger sketch show. Uh, it's a six episode, half an hour apiece comedy sketch show. Um, just like you've seen, you know, Chappelle show, um, Chappelle show, SNL, that kind of thing. All sketches. Um, and what's nice about this one too, is there's no, it's literally just sketches. Like they do the opening theme and then sketch, sketch, sketch. She doesn't do like a monologue or anything like that, uh, which I don't hate in the other ones. But, um, if you just want to see as many sketches as fucking possible, um, this one is, is the one to go to. This is pretty fun though. Um, Eliza herself is, is leading the acting in almost every case. Um, and they get into some pretty funny stuff. It's, it's a lot of wacky. Um, one of the things I'll say about this show is that it really never tries to be serious. Um, and so if you want something that's just like pure, actually pure comedy and doesn't really seem to have an agenda at all, uh, this would be a good place to start. She, she's pretty funny. She's a great actress, actually. Um, at least a great comedic one. Um, in this, there's some of the bits that recur across different episodes and that's really fun. Uh, but it really is just a, you know, a, a sketch show, probably for the millennial age, um, you know, features a pretty funny, uh, well-talented actress. I, it gets into some pretty nasty stuff a little, a couple times, which is really funny, especially because it's her. She's like a pretty skinny white girl, and she'd talk about shit a couple times. Um, there's a uh, there's a sketch on there called. Uh, it's basically a series of commercials for the ripped fat guy workout. And that is hilarious, and that recurs a couple of times. So there's a lot of good stuff in here. I would say, especially now, if you're just looking to cool out for a couple hours and watch something that's just funny, uh, I would recommend this to folks. It's not not anything I would say rush to, but uh, but it's worth a click if you're if you're looking for something. Also, want to uh, say uh, give a shout out to to Mr. Mike Vandenhall, who has been giving us crap for a year about calling. Uh, at the Sco- the SoCo sketch show, because a comedian who has sold out arenas across the country has her own sketch show. So suck it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cody, I guess I was I got a couple questions for this show. Um, mm-hmm. w- was there any time that it was like complete like laugh out loud? You're crying. You had to rewind and watch something, or was it kind of like smiles and? light chuckles uh mostly i would say i would say light i would say like heavy heavy chuckle to light laughter um with relative consistency like at least once an episode the only time i really was really was laughing hard uh that i can think of right now um because i'm not typically sober when i watch the show um (laughs) the only time i can remember now is the ripped fat guy workout that was hilarious um i laughed really hard at that a few different times so but yeah i would say it's pretty consistently you know you'll you'll get everything from like a oh yeah okay to laughing really fucking hard i gotcha Hmm, i might have to check that out because i know again it's the internet and people are horrible on the internet but i know that there was some pushback for it um because i saw a clip of 
I guess spoilers here. Isn't there like a female jackass sketch? Yeah, and it's okay. hilarious. Yeah, there. yeah. I saw that and the people, people were like, like that. playing it down or something. I don't know. I get it. It's basically they it's just like Jackass, but they're all girls, and so they dare each other to do things like call your ex. And then <laughs> and so instead of getting physically hurt, they get emotionally battered and they all cry and so it's like it's I don't know. That that's playing the joke, that's Yeah, kinda, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I'll probably check that out then. I'll actually put that on my list. There you go. <laughs> you just made the list! Nice. Uh, Jared, why don't you go next? You got another comedy here. Um, yeah. And I'll, until just a second ago, I didn't. I thought this was a reality show, but it turns out <laughs> it's actually a, a comedy. Yeah, so over on Netflix, again, Netflix every Friday seems to kind of be the main day that they're throwing content out, and I sat down and watched this new, uh, it's eight episodes, it's a quick 30-minute comedy, it's scripted, and it's called Bruise Brothers, and it's essentially these two brothers, I don't think they're twins, but they both have or work at a craft brewery. So kind of the setup of, you know, how a craft brewery brewery is, you know, everyone loves going to a brewery nowadays, and you very much get the two dynamics between these brothers, the kind of like, you know, every man's man, and he's just brewing beer, and he likes it, and he can talk to someone, but then there's the other brother that is very, like, eccentric, and it needs to be down to the formula, so... Between those two, you can see that heads butt, obviously, and then the cast of uh, other people that work there and the just workers. It's very goofy and weird characters, and they bring some weird things in. Again, this is from the the director or whoever created this show, I believe, worked on or was a producer for The League. So uh, there's definitely touches of the league in this show. Actually, one of the characters, not the actual character, but the same uh, actor, he is in a couple episodes. But I would also say that you throw in a hint of Always Sunny, not as crazy and wacky as what they get into in that show. But there's definitely some weird kind of things where there's one episode where they have to have monks come and bless the brewery and you can tell that that's just going to get out of hand and again that brings in even wackier characters again it probably took me two and a half to three episodes to fully get into this but the shows are 22 minutes 25 minutes each so it's a you know you commit an hour after an hour if you don't like it turn it off but it's a very quick watch it is fun it very much resembles a bit of the league and there was a couple times i you know was laughing out loud but also sometimes that is just kind of chuckling and whatnot but i would also say it plays into um it i think it's set in la but they've definitely play with like stereotypes of you know kind of hipsters and people that maybe are from that area. So I kind of, you know, overall, I very much enjoyed the show. So if you're a fan of um, The League or any kind of comedy like that, I'd, I'd check it out. This does sound good. I had completely written it, written this off because I thought it was a Property Brothers ripoff about breweries. <laughs> but, um, this is interesting. There are a couple actors in here I like. There's um, Mike Mitchell plays a character named Jack in this. He's like a big guy with a beard. Um he was in Love um, as Birdie's loser boyfriend. Um, so I recognized him when I looked at the cast. And then Steve Ranazizi, who was in, he was in the league uh, as Kevin. Um, 
So there, yeah, there's a number of actors in here that I like. Um, this sounds interesting. This is, uh, sorry, you might have said, but how many episodes? Uh, there's eight episodes. Um, again, they're, they range from like 22 to 27 minutes. Um, I'm trying to think. There was something else I was going to say. Like the the cat. I think the the side characters are the ones that were my favorite. Like one of the other workers at the bar. His name's Chewy, and he just has these obscure one-liners. And then there's these t- there's this couple that is very much like free spirited. Yeah, I feel like you'd see them living in Oregon or Portland or something like that. And they have a food truck called Kids Menu, and everything that they sell is on the Kids Menu. <laughs> so i don't know if any of that jumps out at you again give it a try if you absolutely think it sucks just you know it's it's not that big of a time commitment tied well, approach dating <laughs> <laughs> not that big of a time commitment well seth you 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 told me yesterday that um you want to save a big good hunk of time to fillet a show and uh, now wow. is your chance open wide brother <laughs> Um, I don't know how long it's actually going to be because I don't want to spoil anything with it. Nice. um, Another, uh, our third Netflix review here today because uh, they're going down soon. Um, (laughs) uh, Ozark, season three. And it irks me when people say Ozarks. It's Ozark. Ozark. No S. (laughs) It's the Lake of the Ozarks. (laughs) <laughs> the show That's like, you know what? While we're at it, fucking my last name is Michael, not Michaels. Quit <laughs> unnecessarily pluralizing things, dickheads. Wait, you don't there, own a to you. share of Michaels the craft store? No, I don't. I'm afraid not. My mom once told me that I did though, and that was pretty exciting for about 5 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and for once once and for all people, I'm I'm balding. I'm not bald. All right? <laughs> Um, no, Ozarks, uh, season three. <laughs> um, so yeah, season three of Ozarks. So I, I think we've talked in the past. I think I reviewed all three. This is another show I've reviewed. This will be all three seasons now uh, on uh, on the show. But that's how old we are. Uh, how how long this podcast has been around and achieving mediocrity. Um, <laughs> but uh, Ozark season three. So a lot of people in the past, uh, and I think I've talked about in our reviews, a lot of people compare it to Breaking Bad. A lot of people say it's Netflix's Breaking Bad. And in the past, I've said no. Uh, it's it's good, but it's not there. It's not the, it's not as good. And I still say Breaking Bad as a show is much better. Um, it's not not even on Better Call Saul level, which is Better Call Saul level is getting to Breaking Bad level now. But Ozark season three definitely gets it very close to breaking bad level um it's and for me that's high compliment because breaking bad favorite show of all time but um ozark season three is as good of a season that breaking bad put out like one of you know it it, itself like it's it's equivalent to a very good season uh of breaking bad so again high praise for me because breaking bad is untouchable um but Ozark season three, so again, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's Jason Bateman, uh, Laura Linney. Those, they're really the two known people in this. But um, at this point, like everyone on this show, uh, um, Julia Garner, who is in The Assistant, uh, she plays Ruth in the show. Um, those are the probably the only people that really have somewhat of a, I mean, obviously Jason Bateman and Laura Linney have a big name, but Julia Garner is just coming out and, and getting roles and stuff. But um, this show is very very much like at this point you're you're with like you know these characters super well and you're 
you care about a lot of them in different ways, and then there's some characters that you absolutely can't stand in this show. Um, and and they, they just do a great job in this show of writing these characters fully and giving them all interesting storylines. This season in particular, I because I think in almost any show you watch, there's at least one storyline, if not more, that you're, you just don't care about. You're like, I, I can't wait for the next... <laughs> scene because I, I don't want them here you know like it, it just doesn't interest me i think every show has that in some form um this show this season i didn't have that at all there were certain ones that i wanted to see sooner because i was excited to see them but when the, the one that was on the screen for me at that time though i i, I was still interested in like it, it quickly passed that i wanted to go back to the, the previous scene it's like that type of thing a scene had ended i want to go back to it but then the, the other scene would start and i'd get into it it was just constantly every single episode it would just move like the whole thing moved you know when you go see a long movie um endgame for example you see a super long movie three hours but the thing moves quick that was the whole season of ozark it was it, it i haven't had that in a while where i've been very locked in to a show like that um but at least like a you know written episode like tiger king and don't fuck with cats that type of thing they're shorter for one and they'll, they're like there's something different with documentaries, though you watch them, you because it's, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's real, you're like, it has you more invested in, I don't know, I, I guess I don't know why a docuseries are a little bit more easier to get into, I guess, but um, with, with a, like a, you know, actual series, I haven't been this locked in like that in a while, like uh, Sunday, I think I watched like seven episodes in a row, don't even remember looking at my phone at all, like I was 100% locked into it. Um, and then I saved the finale for the next day. I gave myself a little break. Uh, also, it was getting late, and I probably would have fallen asleep. But um, I, I gave myself a break because I wanted kind of have like that season finale, like the, back when we were kids, like the night before season finale or something, like that type of feel. Um, so it, it's it's just a great season. I mean, the general storylines, um, the birds who are Marty and Wendy, that's Jason Bateman and Laura Linney, they're um, – kind of working they're they're now working in a different enterprise a casino um and so there there's money laundering going on in there um there also is some battling with some drug cartels and they have to deal with trying to secure um certain assets for the the head of the drug cartel there's also they're also feuding with like the number two in the cartel who is there uh with them she's a lawyer um, but also is, is kind of like second in command um so they're dealing like power struggle there um, Ruth, uh, Julia Garner, she's, she's kind of, she's gotten the trust of the birds and now she's kind of working, um, working with other people within, I, I guess the cartel and that type of thing. So she's dealing with dipping her toe into that. Um, there's some love things going on. Like there's, there's a lot going on in this show and they do a great job of moving them all along, connecting them all, um, from the start of the season to the end, like it, the end is crazy. Like it's one of the craziest finales um, that that I've seen. Um, very, I, I was literally on the edge of my couch watching it. But just from the beginning, though, like beginning to end, it was all meaningful. It all like was gripping. I, I was into it the whole time. I, I really, really uh, loved the season of Ozark. So I'm gonna give it. F oh, I don't do ratings anymore. Um, <laughs> this is a show, though. I would say, like I've talked about it before. If there's a show to to like watch the rest of the series to come watch the season this is one of them like it, it's it, the other two seasons are good uh, you know maybe they're 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 um above average to 
very good ish area. Um, this season though is is fantastic, and it's worth watching the other two um, to get to this one for sure. Ooh, that is high praise because that's a lot of time. Uh, wow, I well done. Wipe your chin, sir. Um, <laughs> what? There you go. Oh God, there you go. Um, <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, so Ozark uh, is on Netflix, as are Bruce Brothers and the Eliza Schlesinger sketch show, all getting recommendations from the crew here in the TV TP. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. You know what's funny? Um, I think that's the only sounder that has my voice in it. Probably. I don't think there's any well, others. The sports. Sports. Yeah, but that's, well, that's Lou's sounder. Oh, why didn't so. you do Lou Holtz's Tiger King? Oh. Uh, oh. Can we re-record I it? I should have read the script as Tiger King. I was trying to be authentic. Oh, man. That would have been so much better. <laughs> oh, if I had a thought of that, Seth would have pissed himself. Oh, <laughs> man. You suck. Oh, man. Um, well, anyway, since I suck so bad, uh, let's play a game here. This is going to be uh, yet another edition of the SoCo Second Draft. Ooh. <laughs> here we Ooh. are in the second draft. Ooh. Um, Seth has pulled a plot synopsis for a movie, and we are going to ad lib it. Uh, he's going to ask for us for some wacky words before we start, and then he's going to read us the ad-libbed version of the synopsis, and we're going to have to guess what the actual movie is. So, Seth, what do you need from us? All right, so I got six again, so six words. Um, who wants odds and who wants evens? I'll go odds this time. All right. All right, so we'll start. The first thing I need is just a makeup, a first, or you can do a real person if you want, but a first and last name. A first and last name. Hector Pullerman. <laughs> Hector Pullerman. Okay. I got to add that in one more spot. Okay. Jared, mm-hmm. I need a, a city, any city. Toronto. Toronto. Okay. Uh, Cody, I need a profession. Bellboy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jared, I just need a year, any year. 1969. <laughs> 1969. 69. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> Cody, I need an adjective for a person. Describe a person. Rotund. <laughs> Rotund? <laughs> Rotund. That, that's going to be fun. All right, Jared, and finally. It's the final fun. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I need another profession. Lifeguard. <laughs> Lifeguard. All right. All right, here we go. I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis with the new plugged-in words, and you guys are going to have to guess the movie. Hector Pullerman is Toronto's top-rated bellboy in the male-dominated broadcasting of the 1969s. <laughs> but that's all about to change for Hector when he when his cronies... Sorry, and his cronies when a rotund woman is hired as a new lifeguard. <laughs> I know this one. 
I think I do too. But a rotund woman hired as a lifeguard—that's a good. That's a good yeah. Sentence. It's pretty good. I like that one. Oh my gosh, um, that was an all-around good one, Jared. Why don't you bring us home and slam dunk this bitch? Is it um, Anchorman: The Legend of Ron Burgundy? It sure is, my friend. For three for the win. Yes, LeBron James at the buzzer. There you go, man. Very well done. Um, I'm glad you went first because I was not going to guess that. Oh, really? What were you going to guess? I was going to guess Sophie's Choice. What? (laughs) I thought it was Sophie's Choice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, that was that was worth getting those JB laughs. Those were good ones. I'm gonna cut them into a sounder. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know why I picked that, Jared? Uh, because I don't know. You had referenced it earlier. I was actually oh. like when you referenced it earlier. I was in the middle of trying to decide a movie, and I'm like, oh fuck, I'll just do Anchorman. There's some behind the scenes look. There you go. Excellent, excellent, well done. Uh, yet another excellent version of the second draft. Alrighty, very excited to get into this next bit here. We have the first ever uh, double We Missed the Boat. Ooh. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... You're going to need a bigger boat. Ooh. <laughs> well, it's, it's actually not the first ever, because Jared watched Equal, Equilibrium with me as well, so... Oh, well, fuck. So it's the double-double. <laughs> double-double. Toil and trouble. What did we watch, Jared? The game. Not the game. Um, <laughs> we watched Catch Me If You Can, which oh, I finished yay. two minutes before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, what do you think, Jared? Um, I will say, uh, after wa- rewatching it, I have seen bits and pieces. I've never watched it all the way through, but okay. I... I thought I knew what the story was, and it plays out a bit differently. I very much loved it because the dynamic between DiCaprio, uh, oh my gosh, I can't even talk right now, um, and Tom Hanks, like the the relationship where they like kind of need each other but are enemies. It it it's a very interesting film for sure. And then uh, just looking into kind of the real life of what happened to the guy after the fact. Hmm. Yeah, I I loved it. I thought it was great. Um. I, 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 I've never fully seen Titanic, so this is probably the youngest I've seen Leo in a movie. Um, but he, like, he plays so well for what he's supposed to be like nineteen or whatever in this movie. Um, like he, he has that. He does a great job of of the 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 teen like making bad decisions, or was maybe even sixteen. He was, was he, he started at, at as fifteen until twenty one. Okay. Um, and but at the same time, he also um, you know had to he, he played smarter than people, um, charming. Like he he had to play older than what he was at the same time while being that. It was it was interesting, but also too just like the the whole thing with family was, that was a huge theme throughout the movie, um, and I thought that was super well done. Um, the the, he, the whole time basically he's just trying to his, him impress his father, who's Christopher Walken. And he, it was like he, he very, I mean, desperate, but also just like very, 
it just felt very real. Like the the way he did it, he he was fantastic in the movie. Tom Hanks was great. Um, almost kind of. Um, I, I don't want to say that actually. Um, but he, <laughs> he is. I just don't want to spoil anything specifically. But um, he just uh, he, he is he's very like calm. He's he seems very he's very different in this movie than than from what I've seen in a lot of stuff. Um, he's reserved. He's very. Um, He's like super. He's pretty intellectual, and I, I don't, same time he's warm. He's very warm in the movie too. So um, I I really did love this movie. I, this is another one like kind of edge of my seat watching this be, this thing. Even though they kind of show how it ends early on, um, they they make everything in between and and figuring out the decisions that were made. It, it all felt very um, still very like suspenseful at times and and. Um, have you invested in what's going on? So I, I did really love this one. Yeah, absolutely agree with the uh, Tom Hanks, how he uh, was portrayed and how he took the role into his own hands in the film. Um, going to uh, DiCaprio, um, I, I again, I didn't realize that he was so young. I thought that this was like over a 10-year period. It is not. And just the fact that this is based on a real character is outrageous. But he is so... Again, this is a, someone acting, but he is so quick with his lines that even watching and knowing how this plays out or is going to play out, I believe this guy. Everything he is saying, I am 100% believing, and you can tell that if this person in real life was any ounce of how he is portrayed in this movie, he could he could have easily gotten away with anything and everything, and that's kind of what it looked like in this film. I'm so glad you guys like this. I I love this movie. And I only just saw it myself for the first time, like, in the last two years, I think. Maybe three. And um, it was a really, really fun one to to find and see some young uh, young Leo. And I agree with you guys. Him and Hanks are, are impeccable in this one. Um, booyah! Spielberg does it again. <laughs> uh, very excited about that one. Glad you guys enjoyed it. Um, I am going to give you guys... Uh, the movie that won Denzel Washington Best Actor. Do you know what movie that is? One of them, I should say. The Equalizer 2? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Roman no, no, J. No, no, Israel no, Esquire. No. Deja nope. Vu. Nope. God. <laughs> hmm. Inside Man. Nope. Although that's a great film. Did you no, watch I've that for that. this, or had you already seen it? I, 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 I watched it with you. That was the first time whenever I watched it with you. Excellent movie. Um, I guess I'll bail you guys out of the question. The movie is Training Day um, from 01. And I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm almost certain Seth hasn't seen this. Jared, have you seen Training Day? I don't think so. I know that it's him and uh, Ethan Hawke, right? Yes. Oh, Ethan I'm Hawk getting, it, it. I'm, I think I'm, in my mind, I think I'm thinking of Basic, but that is not the same movie. No, no I have not seen this movie. Oh, good, good. You're going to see, you're going to see, when you want just a meaty Denzel performance, that's the one you're going to want to watch. Um, that one's very good. It's meat. It is meat e meaty. Ah, meaty. <laughs> oh man! So you guys will have uh, two weeks to watch either Training Day or one of your other four movies. What what else is on your list right now? Uh, sorry, I thought I didn't. Uh, here we go. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, the game. <laughs> uh, Training Day, being John Malkovich and Hidden Figures. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, next week, I will, Jared and I, um, as long as you'll, you'll come back, Jared, we'll be watching, uh, one of these five movies. I'm hoping there's something in here you haven't seen, Jared, but I'm not sure. Um, Toy Story 3, Mall Rats, 
Waves, Richard Jewell, and Thank You for Smoking. So, the movie Training Day. You just made the list! And that's going to do it for this week's We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... You're going to need a bigger boat. All right. The new films continue to trickle in, so we have one of them to review for you now. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! All righty. So Netflix still pumping out the jams every week. Uh, Jared, you're the only one who went to the well this week and watched one of their newest uh, which if this is, this is an interesting movie because it's going to combine a couple movies that I think we all like. Um, but, uh, I was interested when I was reading the plot synopsis for this one. A couple movies you like. I'm very curious on what those movies could be. Um, I went to a uh, good old Netflix again, Friday, throwing out new releases and watched their new, um, rom-com movie. I, I think it, someone said it was based on some British show. I don't know for sure. But it is called Love Wedding Repeat. And essentially it's your uh, run-of-the-mill rom-com. These people go to a wedding and shenanigans ensue at the wedding and reception. And you can see how – or they play with a unique concept that I think that is introduced a little too late with the whole repeat type thing. So it's this love story. They go to a wedding, but then it shows how one little idea or one little action could completely change an evening, which I think that that had a really good idea or a really good – they could have played into it a bit more, I guess, where, hey, what if 10 years ago I didn't do this thing? Like what would happen? And it explores that a bit, but unfortunately it's a little bit too late. Otherwise, it's it's very much, you know, these – eight people that kind of know each other are associated with one another that are sitting at a table at a wedding and again weird things happen there's history between people unfortunately I will say that um it's one of those Netflix movies that felt like this is a Netflix rom-com like if you turn on any sort of you know kind of -of run-of-the-mill Netflix movie that's a rom-com, it's going to be this. I would say that a big exception was last year's Always Be My Maybe. Like, I very much enjoyed that. This Always Be My Maybe is way above this one. This one, some people might find some cute things in it, but unfortunately it took the idea of a repeat and uses it way too late in the movie when it could have been this very interesting idea thrown in multiple times to show again the multiple versions of how this evening could play out. So, I don't know, if you're if you're a fan of just any sort of rom-com Netflix has given you, go for it. Um unfortunately, this doesn't do anything new. It is honestly just reading reading the synopsis, you've probably seen this movie or know where it's going to go. Yeah, so you mentioned the repeat aspect and the movies I was I was talking about it mashing up were like um Oh, like uh, Happy, Happy Death, Death Day, Day, which we all liked. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Groundhog's yeah. Day, that kind of that kind of thing with the repeating. But I, frankly, from having seen what little of the trailer and footage I saw, not 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 shocked to know that this isn't one of the top offerings. No, and and I mean, the two people of note are, I believe, Olivia Munn is the main woman, and then the main guy is Sam Claflin, who is in last year or two years ago, um, a drift film, and also. The Hunger Games. Otherwise, no one else you would probably know from anything. 
Well, Olivia Munn might get me there. Um, <laughs> I do rather enjoy her acting. Her acting, um, but this doesn't sound like it's up my alley. Seth, you gonna watch this? Probably not. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. It always be my maybe was kind of just like a one of like I think it was kind of like a lightning in the bottle type thing because uh, they a lot of the other rom coms are done like the Netflix ones are just very like cheesy and very and not to say that always be my maybe wasn't cheesy but it was cheesy but also like had a bunch of heart to it and was like very funny and it just it kind of it was a little bit more out there whereas like most of them are like just pretty standard cookie cutter cheesy rom-coms you know so i don't know there's people who like those i mean they probably do tons of good numbers and everything like that but for me i, I just I, I it has to have something extra for it for me to check it out I dig it. Well, if you're into that sort of thing, the movie is Live, sorry, Love Wedding Repeat. And Edge it's of Tomorrow. On Netflix now. Yeah. Die Another I was, I was Wedding Day. Tomorrow. <laughs> um, uh, real quick, Jared, uh, recently released on VOD to rent this week um, is uh, a, a great movie uh, with some talking animals. Um, it's Agent Toby Barks. Um. So it, it has uh, Dean Kane, he plays the father Ted, and John Lovitz voices Toby, Agent Toby, Toby Barks. So is that one you're going to check out? If you're making this up, you're doing a great job. If this is a real movie, <laughs> I'm going to watch it. It's, it's definitely a real Agent movie. Agent Toby Barks? Yeah. Holy shit, is this a spinoff of Agent Cody Banks? <laughs> that's, that Sounds makes a it lot seem like, like it. it. It, like that's what, but I don't see any mention of Frankie Muniz. But they did somehow land uh, TV's former uh, Superman and uh, Rat Race star John Lovitz. Yeah, that is a great get. Do you think they're gonna have a sequel, Agent Toby Barks, Operation Labrador? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> oh man. Well, look, uh, look forward to next week's Toby Barks review. But that's it for this week. Mom. All right, folks, we are just about to the end of our show, but before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I am going to, I may have done this in the past, but it's been a long time, if so. Um, I am going to shout out the app uh, Google Play Movies. And it's actually Google Play Movies and TV. And if you have an Android phone, you've already got this app um, already installed, but it's uh, Google Play Movies and TV. And essentially, you come in here, and it's it's sort of like a um, basically it's Google's repository for all movies. So like you search, you come in here and you can search for any movie under the sun. Uh, like if I say search for Pulp Fiction, and the thing that this app does that's that's I think makes it cooler than a lot of the other apps is that if you if you pull up a movie in this app, it'll come up and tell you where you can rent it and for what price, or where you can stream it for free. So if you tell the app that you're logged into your HBO, your Amazon, your Netflix, um, and you search for the movie in here, it'll tell you where it's available. And then if it's not available, you can rent it right there in the Google app. So uh, I find whenever I'm uh, you know, looking for a specific movie, that's the place I start, and it makes the search really easy. I don't know if you've had to in the past, like had a movie you wanted to see and had to look around for what streaming streaming services on. And it's really annoying to have to check four or five different places. So that app makes it really, really easy. 
Um, I don't know if you can get it on Apple or not, but if you have uh, Android, make sure you're using that Google Play uh, TV and movies app. It's super, super cool. Also, what's cool about it, too, I didn't realize until uh, a few weeks ago, but I bought Ready or Not on Google Play because I do maybe a uh, combined recommendation, but Google also has a surveys thing. You can do surveys. If you visit a store, it'll track your location or just send you random ones about your listening habits like podcasts and stuff, and they'll send you Google Play credits. So I've I've probably gotten like thirty bucks of Google 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 Play Google Play credits uh, <laughs> that uh, I've used to be able to buy movies and stuff. So I do buy and rent a lot of my movies on there. And Google Play uh, is also connected with Movies Anywhere. Like if you can connect those, and, and I think it does it automatically. If you if you have like a like mm-hmm. the same email or whatever, uh, if it's like a Gmail account, um, because it synced it to not only that but my Amazon, my Prime. So I can watch mm-hmm. Ready or Not on like three different streaming platforms now, um, because I I bought it through all that being connected. So that's that's pretty cool too. Uh, the movies anywhere can connect to it too. Yeah, I feel like that that app is definitely. I should definitely look into it because even today I I googled the movie and I said where to stream and then I looked multiple places until realizing it wasn't free. Yeah, that's such a frustrating thing to have to go through. And um, in the past, you still had to do it because Google didn't always have access to like uh, HBO or Hulu or so. There was there was a major one that it didn't include. So I used to have to go to that and the Google app, but now that's been added to the Google app. So I, it's been a while since I've come across a movie that I had to pay to watch because I can search all the all the things at once. Hmm. Um. Yeah, you can cut that out. Uh, my, my one more thing is I almost forgot what it was, but it's something (laughs) that has been eating up all of my time and it has been Final Fantasy VII, the remake for PlayStation 4. (laughs) My Jesus, this game is bananas. (laughs) Like, uh, I started playing it, like the first time I turned it on was three days ago maybe and I'm 23 hours of playtime in. So that means I've been playing it a lot. And I I can't I think it's definitely a nostalgia type thing because I played or I was exposed to the uh original one for PlayStation 1. My oldest brother had that and I dabbled in it over the years. So it's very much like this nostalgia type thing, but they updated it where they almost like because the original game for the PlayStation was on three different discs. It was like a huge game, I remember the case. So what they did for this remake is split it up into I'm assuming three parts. So the first part is out right now, but it is a full game. My understanding is like 45 to 50 hours. And Good God. yeah, and that and then I think you have to like replay it if you want to get all the trophies and stuff. But then they're going to release and I don't know when the release date is for the other pieces of the game and I don't know how the hell they're going to do it. But yeah, it's very much like this nostalgia type thing. If you've played Final Fantasy, any of the newer ones like Final Fantasy 15, the fighting style is updated to that. Okay. Um where it's more of an active battle type thing rather than turn-based and waiting for meters to fill up. But it, it is gorgeous. If you have a, place, a PS4 Plus or a, with pro. a Pro, there we go, not Plus, a Pro with a 4K TV or just an amazing TV in general, you're going to get a lot more That's out of guy. it because um, some, I'm playing on a crappy old like 
Gen 1 PlayStation 4, and it doesn't look the greatest, but I watched my brother play it, and it looks phenomenal. But yeah, the gameplay, everything, I'm so sucked into it. I know that there's going to be complaints like after I'm done with this, but right now I'm I, I'm just like 12-year-old me again, just playing video games way too much. Like I've stayed up till 3 o'clock every night just playing this game. So Final Fantasy VII Remake, go do it. So, because I'm not traditionally a Final Fantasy fan, but you said, so it, it, you actually get to fight. Like, it's not like you choose a, an attack and then wait. Yeah, yeah. It's then... n- it's not like the whole, uh, like, oh, all of a sudden the screen goes, and then you go into a battle type thing. Yeah. Um, the monsters, you know, they come out of, no, like, I mean, you can see them come up, but then you run around the battlefield. You get to do what you want. Like, so if you want to just go slash someone, you just go up and mm-hmm. just... Just um, obviously, for some of your special abilities, there's still a bar that you know fills up, so you can use those special abilities. But if you want to just go in there and manually do everything, you have that ability or that option. Hmm. So I don't know. It's a thing that if you haven't been exposed to any strategy game kind of like that or anything it might turn you off because again it's not like um an uncharted or something where you kind of can do whatever you want it it still plays by the rules of an rpg where you're growing levels of characters equipping certain uh items or um, weapons and making those grow up in levels and then customizing it like i'm very I'm very much a hmm. nerd about customizing things. So, like, I'm getting new magic, and I'm just popping it in and making sure that that grows by every battle I battle. Like, it is it is just... I, I That's why I love it, I think, is because of nostalgia, and I love a bar gradually moving up. Huh, yeah, I just check, check out, checked out the review uh, on GameSpot, and it's they gave it a 10 out of 10. So Wow. And apparently it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, again, if you need another input, Cody, I'm sure Gina has been furiously playing this game as well. I think I've exchanged like three texts with my girlfriend over the last three days. <laughs> um, because, uh, yeah, she started playing it with her friends, I think, late on Monday night and probably hasn't stopped for very long. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure she's enjoying it. She sent, she sent me one text that said the graphics are... And then she put an emoji where it was the col- a colon and then one of the squiggly brackets, um, which looks to me like a face of someone having a good time. And so <laughs> I, think, uh, I think she's enjoying the game. <laughs> um, here's the final line of the review uh, for GameSpot. So whoever wrote this ha- definitely was like shaking with excitement as they were finishing the sentence says, for returning fans, this isn't the Final Fantasy VII your mind remembers. It's the one your heart always knew it to be. <laughs> wow. And send. That I gotta start reading something. audiobooks. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start doing That's gonna be my new job, reading audiobooks. You'd be good at that job. It's the one his heart always knew it to be. It sounded like a trailer. Like trailer. I can picture a romantic comedy trailer now. <laughs> This yeah. summer, <laughs> experience the love story like none other. <laughs> He's Wall Street and she's Third Street or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. 
Um, well, I, I'm actually very intrigued because anytime a game gets 10 on uh, GameSpot and it's not like some fucking uh, Dark Souls game where <laughs> I get frustrated at dying because of one hit on the first level, yeah. um, then I'm, I'm very interested. Did in, you in play the demo? No. There is a demo. It's about 25. No, it's an hour long demo. So. Jesus. Yeah. If you want a taste of it, just play the, the demo. Okay. Maybe I'll do that. We'll see how that turns out. Yeah. Go taste it. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Seth, do you, Seth, do you have an additional one more thing other than the movies anywhere or, or no? Oh, fuck. I do. I, I, did. I thought we were <laughs> oh, done with shit. the show. Um. <laughs> Uh, no, I just, so, uh, I mentioned it earlier, Better Call Saul is on the, it, it's, it's climbing very quickly towards the level of Breaking Bad to the point where it all feels like one. Um, it's, it's awesome. But, um, Bob Odenkirk, uh, in, in hearing, he was on a podcast. Um, also I was listening to, because not this week's episode, um, but the week's prior episode of Better Call Saul was, that was, I thought that. That was incredible, and then they followed up with another great one. But anyway, I listened to a podcast. There's a Better Call Saul after show that they do. It's a podcast that they have the editors and Vince Gilligan, and they uh, had, like, Mike uh, from Breaking Bad and and Better Call Saul in there. And they just talked in depth about the episode, and I really appreciated the whole thing. Like, it's hearing the the real, like, behind the scenes from the people who directed it and wrote it and all that stuff. Um really appreciate what they're doing with this show and in terms of filmmaking. So the, the, the episode I'm talking about, they filmed all in a desert. Um, they're stranded in a, in a desert for the almost the entire episode. And they had different stunts. There's like a car crash that happened and things like that. And just hearing them talk about like they had like an, like a 16 day shoot, which isn't normal for a TV show. And they were doing these scenes over and over again, and they were doing these stunts over and over again, and and hearing how like the actors are super into it. Um, I just it, it's really interesting, and I appreciate all of that. And so going to my point about um, Bob Odenkirk, he um, also is a guy that I didn't realize was like super in, like I didn't realize he was a writer and on SNL. Like I had completely forgotten about that, and he like he wrote Van Down by the River the the mm-hmm. Chris Farley sketch, um, so just like he, that guy is doing these really crazy things on Breaking Bad, and it's it's really strange, uh, but it's cool to hear about. So Bob Odenkirk was on. I've talked about this podcast before, um, Inside of You, uh, with Michael Rosenbaum. Um, that's the one Stephen Amell was on and like freaked out. Um, but listen to that because Bob Odenkirk's a really interesting dude. And then uh, any fans of Better Call Saul check out this after show podcast because they get super in depth. If you're a fan of that show or just filmmaking in general, they get super in depth on that. Um, and then if you haven't watched better call, if you're a breaking bad fan and haven't watched better call, Saul, I'll talk about more next week. Cause it's the finale, but, um, watch it 100 million percent. Watch it. If you're a fan of, of better call or breaking bad at all, because it's like I said, it's, it's it, it, essentially an extension of the show. And it's, it's, it, it fits in just with like any, other season of Breaking Bad. It's it's the quality is totally there. So I love it. It's it's fantastic. It's my favorite show right now on TV for sure. Boom. Sounds like we can look forward to a another a TV show job uh, next week in the oh, TV yeah. corner. That's gonna be awesome to hear you choke on that show. I'm gonna. Um, Gross. <laughs> Better Call Saul is out there wrapping up another season. Uh, also check out Final Fantasy VII 
and the Google Play Movies and TV app this week from One More Thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks, that's going to do it for episode 140 of the SoCo Show. Don't forget, check out our sponsors in the description box. Also, big shouts out to our anchor supporters, Mike V, Jared B., uh, KCC and Anna S. We appreciate the support, y'all. Uh, I, I really miss fuck you. I do miss fuck you. That was a fun way to round that out. Maybe maybe that, maybe Casey can change that back for us. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you guys. Uh, if you want to be a contributor, hit the link to go to Anchor in the description box. Uh, if you're not a contributor, no, no worries at all. Um, just keep clicking on these episodes. Keep sharing them with friends because every listen helps us improve the show. So... Um, Jared, are we, are you, are you expecting to be back with us again next week? I hope you say yes. Um, yes, I, I am pretty sure I will be back next week. I, uh, sent out a call about, hey, I have a lot of free time because, spoiler, I don't have a job. Um, so <laughs> I'm actually on, like, five podcasts this week. So I will be announcing those when they happen or where they're posted. But tomorrow there will be, um, the Patreon-exclusive episode with you two, um, being posted on the J Buck Studios Patreon. It's a very wacky episode, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We were all whacking. Uh, it was good. <laughs> um, I was hoping you said yes uh, to that question because, and I haven't talked to either of you guys about this, <gasps> but I think on next week's show, we are going to have uh, another guest. <gasps> who is coming on by request um, and is going to vi- uh, audio conference in all the way from Germany, my little brother Kyle Michael is going to be joining the show. What? And he's, he's been asking, I, dude, uh, this is, I'm being honest, he's been asking for this for months, but only now that everything's changed is, is the schedule going to work out. Um, he... All he wants in the world is to meet Jared Buckendall and to talk to you and interview you. He said he's been writing you interview questions, and he is so excited to meet the great JB. So next week, I think we'll have the definitive interview of Jared Buckendall by my younger brother, Kyle Michael. And oh, my I think God. We're going to have some fun. I am very excited for this. I, this is one that I will definitely have my parents tune into to know that I'm not a complete <laughs> failure. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Kyle's Seth's- gonna be like, duh. Um, what's uh? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh- <laughs> oh, it's it's all good. those wedgies. It's all those wedgies I gave him. I it just sucked out all of his brains. He probably <laughs> he has a yeast out. infection from it. <laughs> oh no. Jeez. Oh, he is. Uh, last time Kyle was on the show uh, was just this last year, and he got into an argument with Seth about whether or not Keanu Reeves is a good actor. So. Looking forward oh. to rekindling some of those old flames in addition to starting some new ones. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's fun. I haven't talked to Kyle in a little bit. We, he only uh, he only calls me when the Vikings win a fun football game. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, so it has or, been a while. Yeah. Anyway, playoff uh, football game. Suck it. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, it'll be a really, really fun show next week. So make sure you guys come back around for that again. Uh, links to all of Jared's stuff in the description box in addition to all of our sponsors. Uh, Jared, anything else you want to pimp out before we wrap up here? Um, Obviously, I'm sure Netflix will release stuff this Friday. I have a new ending yeah. explained poorly for um, the platform over on uh, my YouTube channel. It's a new Netflix Spanish thriller that came out a couple weeks ago. It is a very entertaining video, one of my longest. I think it's like 18 minutes, so... 
uh, put a lot of work into that. That's for sure. Uh, Seth, did you have something? Just say Netflix. I did see. I was scrolling through. Um, there's a the. I guess it's not till Tuesday. It's the Middle Ditch and ah, yep. uh, Schwartz. That's coming out uh, soon. And then something I'm excited for. It's, it's going to be total trash. But it's. I think it's called Too Hot to Handle. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it in here. It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, you fucking yep. did. I think it <laughs> comes out what Friday. Yeah, it comes out Friday. So this weekend. Be, uh, might have two TV corners next week. Oh, man. Cannot wait. Next week's episode, already <laughs> we know, is going to be too hot to handle. Oh, for too hot so to sure handle, that's definitely going to be a TV tent. Because he's pitching <laughs> Oh, wow. We're all going to be pitching TV tents next week. Wow. Make sure you guys come back. 141 is shaping up to be an amazing episode. Uh, so so come on back. Uh, but until then, for Jared Buckendall, Jared Buckendall and Seth Ott, I have been co-exotic, and we will see you next week. That's awesome, baby.